Thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's show, I'm joined by Bulletproof founder and headstrong author, Dave Asprey. We're talking about effective ways to improve your sexual performance so you can become the best version of yourself. We get into the distinct health benefits of orgasm for men and women, including why men shouldn't always ejaculate. And hey, you might just develop a six pack of abs. The three basic elements that can inhibit or enhance human performance and how by hacking your sex life, you can influence your motivation in all aspects of your life to become the healthiest version of yourself. All this and so much more. Thanks for listening. I went over to my best girlfriend's house to cheer her up after a recent breakup. Of course, I bought her a care package that I thought would do the trick. And not to brag, but I nailed it. I hadn't seen her that excited since prom. See, I'm pretty gifted at gifting pleasure, but the combination of the magic wand rechargeable and a pint of ice cream had her this close to forgetting about her heartache. She had no idea that the magic wand was now unleashed from its cord. She couldn't believe it had four intensity levels, four new vibration patterns, the same mind-blowing power as the original, and can easily be used in any room of the house. And hey, she can even throw it in her bag on her next date when she's ready, of course. And get this, I haven't heard from her since. So I think the two of them will be very happy together. But let's be honest, who wouldn't? The Magic Wand Rechargeable is the sure thing. To get yours, just go to magicwandemily.com or click the banner on my website today. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by sex. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes. Hey, Emily, you got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean, like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. But you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. You're listening to Sex with Emily. We're talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to our website, sexwithemily.com. Check out all the blogs we have there and um, our recent podcast. I think you guys will love this one. We had one called The Mask of Masculinity with Lewis Howes. And if you haven't listened to the episode, we talk about one of my favorite themes, breaking through toxic masculinity and discovering the importance of the other V word, vulnerability which can actually be incredibly transformative. You guys would really like this episode, so you can check it out on our site or wherever you are listening to the podcast. We love when you subscribe to the podcast. That's also fabulous. You can do it on iTunes or wherever you listen. We so appreciate it. It only takes a few seconds. And you can also get more Sex with Emily on social. It's all at Sex with Emily across Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. And you'll know the second a new episode is posted, not to mention, you really get to see what goes on at Sex with Emily and my personal life. It's a good time. So check it out. And um, I can't wait to hear from you and message me and all those things on all the social media. I can't wait for you guys to hear this interview I did with Dave Asprey earlier this week. You may be familiar with his name or his Bulletproof brand or one of his New York Times bestselling books like Headstrong. So I met Dave when I was co-hosting Loveline a few years back and he was a guest on the show. And we've stayed in touch as I've been on his Bulletproof radio podcast and I've become a huge fan of his work. Perhaps because we're both clearly on the same page about helping people be the best versions of themselves. I love how he marries science, energy, and his exploration of the human race to demonstrate how changing your environment from the inside out 
will allow you to have full control of your biology and reach a state of high sexual performance. So Dave is his own guinea pig as he works to develop his work around biohacking and the mission behind it. Wait, let's stop there for a second. If you're not familiar with biohacking, you're not alone. Let me break it down for you. So you know how I'm driven by helping you and inspiring you to involve your sex life, your relationships, your communication skills, all that stuff. And while there's always the basics, there's also some different ways to learn about your needs and your turn-ons and how to communicate them to a partner. So that's why I always share tips and advice so you can really push the envelope you know, to evolve sexually. So I suppose this is my version of biohacking, which simply put is just taking control of the environment around you and inside of you to implement effective change. You know, I also love talking about sex hacks, which is like a close cousin to biohacking. You know, like ways to make your orgasm stronger, to enhance intimacy, and to strengthen your mind-body connection by really taking control of your environment and something within yourself. You know, biohacking. So now that we've defined it, here's the rest of the story. My conversation with Dave fuses science, sex, and experimentation in a digestible and truly eye-opening way that can't help but spark some new ways of approaching your sex life. So I really hope you guys enjoy this interview with the founder and CEO Bulletproof, Dave Asprey. And I can't wait to hear your thoughts about the episode. I was on your podcast. So I I became familiar. You sent me the books. I drank your coffee. And then I was on your podcast for soon after that. And we opened up and you said to me, so I didn't orgasm for 30 days. Um, Tell me what you think. Have you heard about that? And in my mind, I'm thinking I wasn't prepared for this. Like I've heard about it. I've studied Taoism a little, you know, Taoist sex practices. And I've studied tantric sex. And I thought, well, God, you know, tell me about it. And we talked about it a little bit, but you kind of jumped over it because I was like, I can't imagine me telling my listeners on Sex with Emily, who for 13 years are texting me and sending questions because they're just happy if they can get laid, right? And they can have sex. And, they, and so this was like a whole nother level, which again, it was more of like a, an intellectual thing. And then just like you, I'm always evolving and working on my sex life and, the, you know, and my relationships, just like I practice what I preach and what I'm learning. So I'm very much understanding now what I've studied, understanding what you're talking about. I've studied tantric and I've actually practiced with people. So I'm very new though to this. And I've been wanting to kind of talk to my listeners about this and we're going to get into everything that you do and you're bulletproof and headstrong, but I want you to talk to me about the experience of, because I feel like if anyone can make anyone do this, you could explain the benefits. When I, when I told a guy not to masturbate for 30 days or have an orgasm, they would just like stop listening. But I feel like you can explain this process about the power that orgasm um, and the energy that comes along that has on men. Oh, I'm so excited to get to talk about <laughs> you this. You are the first person. And now you're the one podcast I just want to say that I listen to consistently. I've never said that to anyone. So you actually know it's true because I'm like, I'm wow, listening to podcasts because I'm super busy. But I feel like you're the guy for the job. Open. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that's a high a high hurdle, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll do my best there. So it's funny. I just finished a chapter. I have a new book coming out in December, and there's a chapter on exactly this topic because we're wired uh, with these three basic behaviors as human beings, and and they go in order. And these actually come from what keeps every life form, whether you're a plant or an amoeba or a bacteria, alive. And our bodies are basically based on bacteria. Like inside all of our cells are these ancient bacteria uh, called mitochondria. And bacteria care about three things in this order. The first thing that matters most over anything in the world is run away from, kill, or hide from scary things. And you've got to do that right now. Otherwise, someone's going to eat you and it's game over. The second thing we care about is eat everything. And you eat everything because you starve within like a few days or a month and then it's game over. 
And the third thing we care about, if those first two are handled, is have sex with everything else. Because if the species doesn't reproduce, it's game over. And like we're wired that right. way. So our bodies put huge amounts of energy into like, you know, beating up or running away from or protecting ourselves from scary things, including like criticism and all sorts of things that aren't really life-threatening, but that our body thinks is life-threatening. And then we spend huge amounts of energy going, what will go on my plate next next time? Like, what when am I going to eat next? And the energy that's left over is like, all right, can I bang that? To <laughs> right. put it in the most exactly. crass Where terms can I, I can put my penis of. now? Right. <laughs> right. And so these are our big wells of energy that are not going towards like making the world a better place, not going towards bringing joy or creativity or, or love into our lives, any of that sort of stuff. They're primal needs that are, are artificially elevated in our consciousness to be most important. So if we can find a way to turn off those things or to harness that energy that goes towards reproducing species and put it back into our lives in order to do something that we chose to do instead of something that our biology chose for us to do. Uh, that that is one of the biggest upgrades you could possibly do. And you don't have to, you know, drink coffee or do any of these <laughs> other like headstrong upgrade right. things I talk about. And it's very different for men and women. And I, I came across this because um, it was actually I, I've read all sorts of strange books about, you know, how do you get superpowers in human beings and mm -hmm. what are the outer limits of what our biology is capable of? Because like that's at the core of biohacking. And. I've studied in Tibet with meditation masters and looked at Taoism and, and things like that. And one of the Taoist practices is, uh, for men, it, it's that you actually don't ejaculate as frequently as you might. They don't tell you don't have sex. Right. They just tell right. you don't you ejaculate. Right. But men are like, well, yeah, but e orgasm and ejaculation is what are you talking about? Same thing. Or have right. sex and, and you, have an, you have to have an orgasm when you have sex and that would be ejaculation. It, it's right. pretty normal, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's yeah. how we're, we're wired. And if you read the advanced Taoist text, they say, well, you can actually have an orgasm without ejaculation right. uh, as a man uh, you know, or a woman. And like, okay, that's kind of interesting. But what really caught my attention, to, to be perfectly honest, I mean, this was you know, 10, 15 years ago. They say, here's the rule. If you really dig deep in Taoism, it was about how do you live forever? They wanted immortality. And part of the immortality practice was what do you do with sex? And for men, they said, there's an equation. And it's your age in years minus seven divided by four. Mm -hmm. And that yields a number. So if you're, at the time I think I was like 42 when I was doing this experiment. So 42 minus seven, uh, whatever that was, yeah. 35. Yeah, I did it for a friend of mine who's 38. It came out to 31. So yeah. Okay, right. right. And, mm -hmm. and, and so then it was basically only ejaculate every eight days if you want to maintain your health. But if yeah. you want to live forever, just ejaculate once every 30 days. And I'm like, that seems physically like impossible. Right. Exactly, right. You're like, what? Right. But, but here's the hook. And they go, but make sure you keep your orgasm to less than an hour. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a dude. Like right. we're like 30 second orgasm. We're pretty happy about that. Over like months. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like, do you turn yourself inside out? Like, right. how does that exactly work? <laughs> it's not even a thing. Right. So I'm going to run an experiment because I'm a little skeptical here. And so for a year, I tracked my daily happiness. And just on a scale of one to 10, like how much do I like my life, my job, you know, my, my relationships at home, just like how, how good was today? And granted, you know, that's, you know, very subjective, but yeah. isn't it always subjective whether it you like your life it or is. not? It is, right. What, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I kind of created this graph and, and I also tracked how often did I have sex? Uh, how often did I ejaculate? And I came up with some really interesting findings about myself that I didn't know that mirrored what the Taoists said. 
And it turns out when I ejaculated just once every eight days, um, I actually liked my life better. And when I did ejaculate for about two to three days afterwards, I liked my life less. So that mm. they call this like an ejaculation hangover. Right, right, right. And like the Taoists will say a man or a woman walks away from sex undiminished, mm -hmm. but it, it I, I'm misquoting it terribly, but it, it takes something out of the man. Right. Like in other words, it, it costs you yeah. something biologically because you're, you're taking all of your hormone production, your prostaglandins, and you're taking those and you're like basically making ejaculate right. and you're using it. There's something called spermidine in there that's actually potent anti-inflammatory and uh, there's actually a whole body of study about like what does semen do from a health perspective. Right. And it's like, wow. Right. Okay. So the thing is about, it's about the energy, right? So the men, the more they're yeah. spending the energy and they, they have an orgasm and they ejaculate. But I'm wondering like, cause I do see the benefit, especially for men. I know it helps with focus. Like, let's talk about that. So you had more, you had more pleasure in your life. However you measure happiness. Cause everything that you do, Dave, you gotta be honest. Like, can I do this every day for a year? I'm gonna be able to track that. If I did it for a week and I set up a journal, I'd be so proud of myself of every night, right? <laughs> I try. Like my systems are way better than they used to be. But even for that, like what you felt was in, in your relationship, trying and failing is not so bad when you're like, oh, I don't want to ejaculate. And I do. But the benefits, how did that work with your sex life, like the quality of your sex life and your intimacy? The quality of my sex life went up dramatically because this amazing thing happens when you don't ejaculate. You totally want to have more sex. Right. So what ended up happening is the frequency of sex goes up. The longer you go without ejaculating, the more often you have sex. So I'm married. I have two young kids. Anyone who's married with two young kids knows you generally don't have sex very much. Right. So <laughs> it just because like, kids are like an right. anti-sex thing. And what ended up happening was, especially when I was doing the 30-day experiments, by the way, uh, publishing the data was kind of embarrassing. I'm like, oh, day 24, oops. You know, I had to start that right. experiment over. Right, like exactly. <laughs> like, so on day 24, right? But but over time, yeah. I mean, and I don't know how much you, you've talked about this in your show since. And, I've but talked it's about the show. There's the so data, much, yeah. I know. But it's like, but now, so that was like 10 years ago or eight years ago you did it? Or you, uh, something like 42. Okay. That was about five years okay, ago. Okay, five yeah. years ago. So now is it still something that's become part of your your life. Like you still think about it as like another resource in your body that you're like, you're not always going to. Well, we'll say I, I don't ejaculate <laughs> unconsciously. Okay. So it's Got like, it. I'm going to have sex, ejaculate. but I'm going to say, I, I wouldn't, if I've just, you know, flew to New York and back in, you know, 36 hours to be on the Dr. Oz show or something, uh, which happened, like, I'm not going to come back and then, you know, have sex because I missed my wife and ejaculate <laughs> because I already took enough of a hit. I traveled across the country twice. I was in an airplane. I breathed bad air. Like I'm tired. Right. Right. So when I'm at full power and I haven't ejaculated for a while, I'll ejaculate. But will I have sex? Yeah, I'll have right, sex. Right. But then sex becomes less about like getting to ejaculation and more about like having fun. Right. And what does that do? That raises oxytocin, which is like the love hormone. Exactly. And, and the benefit for women in this whole deal is, well, the Tao studies and lots of other studies show that when women have regular orgasms, like your emotional intelligence goes up, your oxytocin levels go up. And it's generally biologically really healthy for women to have regular orgasms. Now, guys in this kind of practices can have orgasms if you can figure out how, an, how to have an orgasm without ejaculating. Um, I find that to be a challenging thing to do. Uh, but I, what I also found to be like off the charts, not even like putting words to it, that thing about having an ejaculation for an hour or less, or not ejaculation, sorry, having an right, orgasm right, for orgasm, an hour or less. Yeah, through your full body, right. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how it's possible to like start a stopwatch if you're going to do that. But yeah, you're not going to be like, wait, it's coming. Let me start. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But like after, I, I can tell you at least like 15, 20 minutes kind of, kind of times where I'm like completely 
you know, I don't mind you're not ejaculating the whole time. Mm-hmm. That would be destructive. But essentially like, like my abs hurt. I'm like, could I just be done? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like seriously, I just need to stop. And, and, and literally I'm like growing a six pack right. from the intensity of an, uh, of an orgasm. And I was like, like a nice six pack. You're like, it's the orgasm. Like that's all you got to do nowadays. That would help you maybe in other uh, fields, in other, in other trends of your audiences. On there's my your new programs. Yeah. Emily, you got to just, you know, it's uh, six pack <laughs> orgasms. I, I, there's a whole abs thing. in 15 minutes or less, but yeah, yeah you got to orgasm. But, but like this, this happened, right? I know, so right. it's just, it's worth talking. About, it is worth we don't talking talk about. about this, guys. We don't. You don't. Guys don't talk about anything. So what, what they do talk about is they email me all the time. I've, my listeners, 50% men, 50% women. But the, a lot of the questions I get asked, which is why I love that you're here and I wanted to bring you on because all the work that you do around biohacking and being the best performer in every area of your life, how do we become the best sexual performers? And so there's a lot of things I talk about when they're like, I can't ejaculate or I can't say hard or I'm too hard or I have no sex drive or low libido. And we just send people out. And I always say, get checked by your doctor or I use certain medications. And I just feel like that's so limited, especially knowing what we know now and blending Eastern and West medicine and supplements, everything that you do, what you've done with Bulletproof and what you're doing now. So I would just love to kind of kind of give some background to, to, to your work to Headstrong, which I loved. I'm like, I live two blocks from Erewhon, so I feel oh, really nice. lucky that I can kind of indulge. But I just want to give some history about and, and the work that you've done with biohacking. Let's just define biohacking and then kind of get into how that can help people be best performers sexually. Oh, awesome. Uh, biohacking is a field that I helped to create and kind of build a community around. It's become a, a movement. And the original definition from that first infographic was the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have full control of your own biology. Now, from a sex perspective, let's see, do you want to be able to get it up when you want to be able to get it up? That would be control of your own biology. Do you want to be able to you know, not ejaculate too quickly? That's control of your own biology. And, and that same body of knowledge, those same techniques can be, I want to get swole or I want to have a ton of energy or I, I want to pull an all-nighter and, you know, perform open heart surgery or whatever. Like, it totally depends. I just want to come home from my commute and be with my family. All of those are control of our own energy, of our own biology, and the techniques are always the same. And the, the two big things that apply to sex are make sure that the hardware, the energy production in the body is working. I mentioned these little mitochondria that are worried about dying, yeah, worried about eating. You got to make about- mitochondria sexy. It matters. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like all the things that happen, both for the woman and the man in, in sex, uh, or, or I say for women and men in sex, because it doesn't have to be a woman and a man, but those things are all driven by electrons in the body. Like we're powered by the same things that power our iPhones. We just happen to, instead of plugging into the wall, we eat food and we breathe, and then we combine those. But if you suck at combining food and air, Instead of getting like the erections or you know the, the other kinds of stimulation that you want, all these electrons that should have gone to your performance in bed, in the boardroom, in wherever else you're executing in your life, they can go to inflammation. You get muffin top and you mm-hmm. get brain inflammation and you're tired and you're cranky. So if you can do something in your diet or in your lifestyle to turn down inflammation, to turn up energy production, you can put that energy to work in the bedroom. And then all of a sudden, wow, I've got like a ton of energy. I feel really good. Like this was a really energetic lovemaking session. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was able to provide more pleasure for my partner. Like I had a better time. And maybe I had more self-control. And I was able to go, you know, for 45 minutes. And at the end of this, the ultimate act of willpower for a guy is saying, all right, even though every fiber in my being is screaming at me to ejaculate, I'm just not going to do it <laughs> right. because I know that all that screaming is going to go back into me mm-hmm. and I'm going to use that energy for something else. There is masses of energy 
that we expend this way kind of unconsciously as guys. And I'm not saying don't have sex. Right. I'm not saying don't be intimate. I'm saying if you can get to that end and be like, all right, like this is even harder than skipping a meal right. or right. doing an intense workout, but I'm just going to, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm just going to say no. Yeah. What do you and, do? Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do it in this moment. You're going to breathe yeah, exactly. into it. There's practices, right? And then, right. Right. do you want the shortcut for how yeah. to do that? Dude, please. Right. Yes. Hack sex for me. Do it for everyone. Okay. <laughs> so if it's up to you, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not uh, you're going to ejaculate and you're a guy, uh, there will be, there will come a voice in your head. And this is the voice of your mitochondria screaming at you. You'll at the beginning of, of, you know, lovemaking, you'll say, all right, I'm not going to ejaculate today. And by the time you're getting close, you will have created a thousand reasons why it's such a good idea to ejaculate right now. Right. And you'll believe every one of them because that's the way we're wired. This is how our biology gets it gets inside our head. It's part of what's inside our head. And it'll make you go, you know, just this once. Just and today. Like, I'll start tomorrow. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So if you're in charge, you're probably going to make bad decisions some of the time. So what you do is you just ask your partner, hey, I'm trying this thing out. And so I want you to decide if I'm going to or not. Right. That's and as hot. soon as you take yourself out of the decision loop, so it's no longer your decision, it becomes fantastically easy to make the decision because there was no decision to make. Right. Right. And of course, some partners are going to like that more than others. Uh, and so for you're a like lot of women. Me, right. Well, because you have accountability then, right? You're like, I'm trying to do this thing. Can you help me and support me in this? Right. And also, to, like, if you think it's a good control. idea, you can, you can right. say yes. Yeah. So it's not like, just tell me no. It's like, right. you know, you decide. And then you don't have to decide. And then you'd be like, I think it's a good idea, but your partner is going to be no, except, uh, and I've talked to a lot of couples yeah. privately who just you know, approach me about this. For a lot of women, a lot of women are sort of raised like it's it's your job to be responsible for your partner's pleasure and thus their orgasm. So it can be really intimidating for a woman to Absolutely. be in that position and to be like, well, but if I, if if I say no, am I a bad person? And this isn't a logical thought. These no, are like emotional. Exactly. Things. This is what. Yeah, it's so important to get to this because it's it is true that we we don't women are and I I was hoping this has changed because like the way I was raised and where I got into this was it was about pleasing the man. Sex was not about my pleasure at all. It was that I felt successful if he orgasmed and he had a good time. And that would therefore make me believe that I had a good time. But the way we're reversing this also is that it takes pressure off women so women can really get into their bodies by him by him not having to ejaculate. But understanding that mentality that it can still be great for both of you is a whole twist of their mind. Like it's completely different than what we've been taught still. It- it's completely different. And I mean, I've had a lot of guys say like, like I would die if I did that. And like, that's just your mitochondria talking. What, exactly. what they're telling you is the species will die. And that's not a true statement. How many times it, did it take to you felt like it wasn't as bad? How many days in a row? And then we are going to move on from this so in a second. I can tell you that <laughs> doing eight days at first was like, was really a challenge. And doing 30 days was, uh, that took a couple of tries because after like 27 days, you're like, what's going on? But I can tell you my frequency of sex increases the longer I go without ejaculating. So I was having a lot of sex, lots of oxytocin. And I was like full of energy, just like really full of energy. Uh, and then it gets to the point where like, uh, finally, like 30 days, like this is great. The surprising effect then for me was, was that, 15, 20 minute, like whole body orgasm thing. But that won't happen if you don't have enough enough energy in your body. Like, like if you're running on an empty fuel tank and that's why like the body of work, the, the lowest hanging fruit for, for people of those three things that are holding us back, it's what am I, what am I going to do for my next meal? That voice in your head, let's shut that up because I mean, who wants to have sex when you're hungry? Like yeah, no one's going to do that. No, or, or anxious right. because stress. Here's the other thing, Dave, is that it, the, 
stress is one of the biggest killers of our sex drive, right? Couples are saying, I don't want to have sex because I'm too tired. I'm too stressed. I'm too anxious. You know, and I've talked about all these things. You meditate, you relax. What kind of medication are you taking? You should talk to your doctor, but, but let's talk about all that. Like what can people do like to kind of get that energy? Because if you're not eating healthy, you're not in a good place with your body, you're not going to be able to perform sexually. If you can find a way to get ketones into your body. And ketones happen when you fast for four days, when you go on a, a very, very low carbohydrate, high fat diet. Uh, and, and like the Bulletproof diet was about how to do that, right? And Headstrong is about how to upregulate the mitochondrial function. There's an ingredient in Bulletproof coffee called brain octane that puts you in ketosis. The reason you care about ketosis is simply this. You can make energy from sugar or you can make energy from fat. And we're biologically wired to do one or the other. If you use the brain octane, you have energy from fat and energy from whatever sugar is in your body. And now you have more energy and you can go into the bedroom and your brain works all the way and your body works all the way and you don't get like, like dips. So you're like, I I was tired. Now I, you don't even have to have the coffee. Just put some brain octane on your dinner and you're like, I don't have more energy afterwards. So it's just upregulate your energy. And maybe you, you have some other meal, whatever it is. But this for me is just a reliable thing. I have more energy than I used to. So number one, add on the energy. Number two, let's turn off the stress. And there's so many different stress management practices. The one that's probably most useful that, that I've found is called heart rate variability training. And this takes a, a relatively cheap piece of equipment. Uh, this is, uh, there's like clinical grade stuff that we would do like at, at Bulletproof Labs in Santa Monica where there's chest straps and all. But the one I'm talking about, you can buy it on Amazon. It's called HeartMath. And you... And I, I've an advisor to those guys, like there's no financial relationships right. or anything. It's just something I use with my executive clients. You clip it on your ear and you look at your phone and it tells you the spacing between your heartbeat. And you play this dumb little game where it tells you, breathe in, breathe out. And when you do it right, the light turns green on the phone. And when you do it wrong, the light stays red. And what it's showing you is how to take your body out of a stress mode into something called parasympathetic mode or rest and reset mode. So once you learn how to play this game, you don't need the phone anymore. So you're laying there in bed and you're like, all right, I'm getting kind of close here and I'm, I've decided I'm not going to ejaculate. So what you do is you, you just do that same kind of breath and you do the thing that takes you out of fight or flight mode. Cause I'm telling you right before you ejaculate, mm-hmm. your body's convinced the species will die right, if exactly. you do not ejaculate. This turns that off. So you're laying there like, okay, I'm getting close. You breathe in, breathe out, and do the little thing. You, you feel it in your chest, but the game teaches you this thing. Otherwise, you could do like a right. compassionate meditation for five years in a cave and learn it or it's something. So, that exactly, just takes right. too long. Right. That's the shortest hack. So I was able to have way more control there just by getting control of that part of my nervous system that was trying to convince me that the world was going to end if I didn't ejaculate because that was not a true statement, but I sure believed it at the right. time. Right, your world's got a lot better ever since too, right? Yeah. Right. And, and so this is it. It's like breathing combined with consciously moving out of fight or flight through heart rate variability and just having more energy in the first place because more energy goes to more willpower. And Headstrong, uh, which is, uh, a, 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 I think, one of like my, my best books. Tell my listeners who haven't heard of Headstrong or read Headstrong, like, talk about that. New York Times right. bestseller. I'm very proud of all your work. Tell me. Oh, thank you. Um, Headstrong was about how do you have more energy in in your brain and in your body because energy drives willpower. And if you want to talk about an example of when willpower matters most, it's in the bedroom. We're like, I'm not going to ejaculate right now. That is one of the, the most extreme uses of willpower, at least as a, as a man, that you can possibly have. And so in order to, to upregulate that, it's all about energy metabolism. So I wrote this book saying, how do you have more willpower? What is the effect of food and environment on willpower? 
And I wrote it as an advice book. So like, here's the science, here's what to do. And it hit the New York Times science bestseller list, like right next to like Homo Deuce and Sapiens and all these other books that were like baller books. I was blown away because I never expected that to happen. Uh, but it's, you know, about 100,000 people have read it. It's getting printed in multiple languages now. And it's not about sex, uh, but it's about energy. And sex is about energy. And what I'm just talking about here, what I want people to understand is one of the ways you can double the amount of energy in your body is turn off hunger cravings. Mm -hmm. And then what if you could get control of that, I'm going to die if I don't have sex right now thing. All of a sudden, like two thirds of the energy your body spends on survival goes back into the quality of your life. So now we're going to take a quick break for our amazing sponsors. I'll be right back. I just got my hands on the new Enchanted Collection by Sports Sheets, and I couldn't take them off. The whole collection is just so sexy and soft. They use this rich burgundy color and velvety and soft materials that just screams, touch me, feel me, spank me. At least that's what it said to me. It's amazing that something as simple as a blindfold or a furry paddle can easily enhance the intimate connection between you and your partner. Sports Sheets is really passionate about keeping couples connected by adding a little adventure to your routine. And this new collection is the perfect way to start. There's even a beginner's kit with soft cuffs and a blindfold. But you want to know what's most surprising about all these new products? The price. Everything is super affordable so you can explore on a budget. To start your intimate adventure, check out the entire Enchanted Collection at sportsheets.com Emily or click on the Sports Sheets banner on my site. Okay, guys, stop what you're doing and pay attention. I'm about to tell you how to get the ultimate blowjob experience. No, it doesn't involve Tinder or some questionable hookup. I'm talking about the latest innovation from our friends at Fleshlight, the all-new Turbo. The Fleshlight Turbo is specifically designed to closely mimic the feel of oral sex, and it does it like no other product on the market. The Turbo's secret weapons are its three distinct sensation points. Okay, get this. One at the opening that simulates lips, one a little deeper to create the pressure of a tongue, and then... There's this change in the opening where it feels like a throat. I know, stop the presses. This actually exists. You just drop on some lube. You know, I always recommend Joe's water-based lube for use with toys. And then you settle in for that ultimate blowjob experience. The turbo even features holes around the opening where you or your partner can use fingers to vary the pressure. The combination of the turbo's three sensory spots, the ability to vary the pressure, and Fleshlight's ultra-realistic silicone will blow your mind. Guys, do yourself a favor and check this thing out. Click on the turbo banner on my site or visit fleshlight.com to order yours today. Can we just go back to like basic like biology, like in Western medicine, we're going to get put on different meds. We're going to get, we're just not going to give them the whole picture. So I just want a basic, a lesson for for my listeners about that. We have these parts of our cells that used to be bacteria that are responsible for our ability to do things. We like to say that, you know, 2 billion years ago, if you remember seventh grade biology, that we we were these cells and somehow we harnessed these bacteria to become our power plants. But the real story is that two billion years ago, there was some cell floating around and these bacteria were like, hey, if we move in and take over, that's our mobile Petri dish. How cool is that? And that was like the first multicellular organism. And now we have these humans walking around. But we have many times more ancient bacteria in our bodies than we do cells in our bodies. And they drive our decision making. The other thing that these mitochondria do, we call them power plants, but they also make hormones. People don't know this, but all of the hormone production in your body is powered by the electricity they make, and they directly make something called pregnenolone, which is the mother hormone that turns into DHEA, that turns into testosterone and estrogen and progesterone. So 48% of people 
under age 40 have what they call early onset mitochondrial dysfunction. This means that you should be at the prime of your life when you should be getting some frequently and have a high sex drive and everything working right, but half of us don't have the raw power it takes to do that because we broke our biology. By staying up too late at night, by eating the wrong foods, by too much stress, probably, who knows, too much social media, uh, all sorts right. of things like that. And the other half of us under age 40 actually have functioning mitochondria, but we might still not have good hormones and good sex life, but at least like we have the raw power to do it. And everyone over age 40 has everyone. mitochondrial dysfunction. We call it aging. And my plan to live to 180 years old is really straightforward. I'm going to make energy like I was 25 years old, except when I was 25 years mm -hmm. old, I weighed like almost 100 pounds more than I do now. So I'm right. going to make energy like I should have made exactly. it when I was 25. And I'm going to do that when I'm 125. And the technology is understood. We didn't know this 20 years ago. We know how that system works. And with the food you eat, with the way you sleep, the way you exercise, you can take control of these things. And so before people go on a medication for this, my argument would be, well, maybe we could take a look at some of these lifestyle things like improving the quality of your sleep. Because when you sleep better, your testosterone goes up. And it's testosterone for women and men. Right. Testosterone drives desire in women as much as it does in men. Different amounts of it, but you got to have it. And are you getting enough fat that's a precursor in your diet to testosterone? It turns out cholesterol is what turns into these hormones, not corn oil. Right. It just it doesn't work like that. So you go through and you say, all right, what, what are these things I can do? And then how do I address blood flow? Because get this, if there's no blood flow in the penis, there's also no blood flow in the brain. So if you are under age 40 and you're having a hard time getting it up or you have low sex drive, this is a sign of a much bigger problem in your life because healthy animals can reproduce. Unhealthy animals can't reproduce. If you tell yourself you're healthy and you can't get it up, I got news for you. You're not healthy. Well, exactly. Because if their sex drive and sexual function are like such a reliable barometers of health that if you have any problems there, you should be looking at this bigger picture here. If you right. can't. And, and I, I suggest go out and get a, a full hormone panel. That's what I was going to say. First thing, because you don't go to the, they're not talking about your mitochondria. I get that you've made, and I've actually been become fascinated with it and everything that you're you're doing and supplements. But where do they start? Hormones, I think, is what where you would start. Yeah. And in fact, if there are problems for women or men, just like, I'm too tired to have sex. Like, you're supposed to when things are working right. You know what? I was too tired to have sex. And then I saw someone naked and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, I'm not tired anymore. I'm going to go yes, have sex. Right. And if you're not getting that response anymore, okay, maybe you're just tired because you've been you know, working way too much or whatever else. It's possible you had a heavy workout. You really are tired. You just need more sleep. But if this is a regular occurrence in your life and it doesn't just happen after a particularly stressful situation, you've got something bigger going on right. and it comes down to your hormones. So you get a full hormone panel and they're going to tell you, you know, how much testosterone do you have? How much estrogen do you have? How much progesterone? And it's different for women and men because women have uh, basically a monthly swing that's very predictable in progesterone levels, for instance. So if you're having particularly fertility problems, which is the subject of my very first book, uh, what you end up doing is you get like a saliva test and you get your saliva every day for a month to see what your monthly curve looks like. But for most of us, just a blood test that tells you what are my hormone levels, what do they look like right now? When I was 26, I had this done. My testosterone was lower than my mom's. That's amazing, your whole story. I mean, right, you healed yourself from that. Oh, uh, yeah. At 26, but, when it's supposed to be super high, it was lower than your mom's. Because what, what was your life like then? Let's talk well, about day 
20, I mean, I was, almost 20 years ago. Let's see. When I was 26, I made $6 million at the company that held Google's first server. And I lost it when I was 28. So I haven't been like rolling in money my whole right. life. I've been working with a paycheck and, you know, mortgage payments and all that. Uh, but I did have two years of like extreme wow. wealth, which was nice because I, at the time, I'm like, my brain isn't isn't working. I bought disability insurance. because I'm like, I, I can't remember stuff anymore. Right. Like something's wrong. Right. Uh, and I was not in a happy relationship, to be perfectly honest. I was convinced that if I could only make $10 million, then I'd be happy. Like, how stupid was that? Like, if $6 million no, but, doesn't but, do it, $10 million won't. Right. So many of us are chasing that next thing, that $6 million, $10 million, and then we'll be happy, then we'll be successful. And that's just not the way that life works. My whole next book is, is about this. And, and the data is really clear. Happy people are more successful, but... Financially successful people are not more happy. It's so true. Money does not buy works. happiness, which seems so cliche when you say that, but this is now you actually, of course, have the data behind it. It really doesn't. Yeah. It's not about that. It, so anyway, so you so you realized then you weren't healthy and then you started to make these changes. But my normal, my normal doctor was unable to help. Like literally they couldn't order the right lab panels. The ones I asked for, they're like, we don't even know how to do that. And besides, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, that's weird. So I fired my doctor. I learned all this stuff. Uh, over the course of four years of studying, and because I had all the money I needed at the time, I'm like, I'll just buy $500 of supplements every night. I don't care. Right. Like, I, well, anything that I think might be useful, I'm just going to try it. And I became really experimental because I lost hope in medicine. Right. And when I went back to a doctor, I went back to a doctor who specialized in treating very old people to make them younger. And I'm like, you can do my hormone panels. And he's like, you actually look like an old person. Let's see, you're at high risk of stroke and heart disease, like very high risk, actually. You're pre-diabetic. Uh, you have arthritis that you've had since you were 14 in your knees. And now you have the equivalent of senile cognitive dysfunction, like, like your brain doesn't work at very well. At 26. Like, I'm like, I'm old. So I started hanging out with people three times my age, and I ended up running an anti-aging nonprofit research group. I'm still, I think, uh, on the board at least, yeah. or maybe chairman today. <laughs> Uh, in uh, in Silicon Valley called the Silicon Valley Health Institute. So I got to meet all these like luminaries in the field looking at reversing aging. I'm like, I'll reverse my aging when I'm you know, 26, 28, 30, 35. And what I found was that I got on top of my biology, but there's this whole level of performance that's there for all of us. And we never feel it. We don't know it's there because we're aging slowly, this death by a thousand cuts. And we, we suck as human beings at going, you know what? Today, I'm 0.1% weaker than I was yesterday. We, we don't feel that. No. But over the course of five years, like, what just happened? Maybe I'm a little bit. And by the time you notice, you got to dig out of a hole. Right. If you address it right now, you're like, I didn't just not lose the 0.1%. I gained 10% of energy. And like, I need an hour less sleep to get restored. And I'm able to go out and do these things that I've been dreaming of. That's what motivates me to do Bulletproof. Because if someone had told me this when I was 20 years old, like, do you know what, how different my life would have been? Exactly. I mean, that's why I love the work that you're doing. And the thing is, how do we guide people, though? Because if you do go to your Western you know, medicine doctors, they're not going to be telling you this still. It would still say, go on this hormone replacement or take progesterone, take testosterone, or just, which sometimes is okay, but it's not oh, always yeah. a healthy decision. And they wouldn't have all the information that you have. So how do you balance all this out and find out? What's right for you when it's limiting what people know, what our doctors know today? The first thing you can do is get your mitochondria working right because they're going to help you make more hormones. And it's like, okay, do the things that give you some ketones. You don't have to be on this, especially for women. If you're in on a ketosis, a keto diet all the time, it, it tends to mess up your gut bacteria. And women tend to lo lose sleep quality and hormone regulation relatively quickly. So you can do that. But you need to like eat some carbs and then stop eating, eat and stop eating. You can cycle, which is the recommendation in the Bulletproof Diet, uh, or you can just add some the way I do with the brain right. octane oil. And 
either way, start there and eat less stuff that disrupts your hormones. And, and there's a, a roadmap on the Bulletproof website. It's a gift. There's no cost or anything associated with it. But it's it's basically the entire Bulletproof diet book on one-page infographic. You print it out, put it on your fridge. It says, eat more of these foods. Right. These foods might cause problems for you. They might be okay. And these foods just suck. Don't eat them. Well, what are the if you do that right, I you're going What are the common foods that you see that people are eating that are just like wrong? That you're like, no, cut this now. All right. Here's the number one food, and it's uh, probably not what you think I would say. You probably think it'd be like gluten or margarine right. or something. It's actually fried stuff. Yeah, it's so bad. When you fry things, you damage the oil. You can't make hormones out of damaged oils. And the amount of inflammation in your body from one meal of fried foods, I don't care if they're fried Brussels sprouts at your favorite paleo restaurant oh, please, or it's French I can't fries. do fried Brussels sprouts, really? Okay. If it's fried, it's fried. Okay, I got you know, it. Cheese sticks or right. Brussels sprouts, it doesn't matter. And that actually causes 24 hours of inflammation in your vascular system, the thing that brings blood to your sex organs, whether you're a man or a woman. And guess what? Smoking only does that for four hours. So I will tell you straight up, smoking a cigarette, one cigarette is better for you than eating fried vegetables or fried calamari or whatever fried stuff you're going to eat at the restaurant next time. Get it baked instead. It's not that big of a, right, deal, exactly. of a deal. But this will actually protect your vascular system in a major way. It's a small change. And I know you might love your fried whatever. I don't care if you love it. You probably love getting laid more. What are some other sex hacks that are like some foods or, or some of your supplements or plans that could help people like today? Be like, I, okay, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I'm gonna get the orgasm thing down in 30 days. I'll work on that. But what can we do now? Because I think for couples too, if one's doing it and the other isn't, like how can couples work together? Well, there's a lot of relationship stuff on couples, but if if you decide you're going to try this stuff that I uh, we just talked about at the beginning around, all right, we're going to see what our sex frequency looks like if the guy uh, doesn't uh, you know doesn't ejaculate as frequently. If both partners are like, let's experiment with this for a week. I promise you, you'll have some fun in the bedroom with that right. one, right? And even if you utterly fail at the experiment, at least you had fun with it, right? Like like there's very little downside right. to that. But when it comes to actually having more energy yeah. for sex. One of the things, it's a supplement, and now this is a thing I make, but I make supplements for a reason, and, and so it's called Keto Prime. And this is a, an, a, an unknown compound that's part of how your cells make energy. Mm -hmm. And you suck on these little lozenges that taste kind of like a sour candy, but this allows your body to make energy the way it's supposed to. It, it's the, the thing you need to take food and air and then to turn them into energy again. Okay. So even if your system doesn't work very well, it's a patch for about 48 hours. So you suck on one of these things, uh, do it you know, an hour or so before sex, and you'll be like, you know what, I just have more energy. I feel like more like myself now. And it's not a stimulant, there's no herbs, there's nothing like right. that. It's literally the compound okay. you need to make energy. Okay. It's called Keto Prime, it's on the Bulletproof website. Um, that's one thing. And there's another thing that's in uh, the cookbook and it's called Bulletproof Get Some Ice Cream. And this came out, my, my first book, 1300 references in five years to write it about how do you turn fertility on in women and men. My wife was infertile when I met her. Uh, she's a medical doctor. So we did all this research and put together the thing that allowed her to uh, to get pregnant at 39 and 42 without uh, without IVF or anything like that. And today she's like a fertility consultant for like celebrities and CEOs right. and things like that. What we did for that that was uh, particularly effective was this ice cream. And it's got, believe it or not, raw egg yolks in it, but it doesn't taste like that. Real ice cream always had that. And instead of milk or cream, you actually blend in some butter and you put in this brain octane oil in it. And you blend it up and it's like the richest, creamiest, smoothest yeah. ice cream you've ever tried. I mean, like really good. Okay. And and here's why it's called Get Some Ice Cream. Because you eat this, and about an hour later, your body gets a signal that says, you know what? 
I've got everything necessary to make a baby. Come on, like all the raw ingredients. You. Let's go try. And, and it's called get some because you it, but, it works better than vodka. Get like, right, seriously, right? Okay. Like, can, like make it for your significant other and, and just wait an hour and just see what happens. And they'll be like, you know, I just I have. Can this, I get it, Air One? Where can I get it? Can Bulletproof uh, Cafe. We make it at the Bulletproof Cafe. You can make it at home. Like the recipe's on the Bulletproof website. Search for Bulletproof ice cream, whatever. And it's relatively simple to make. You blend it in your blender and you put it in an ice cream maker, little, you know, $75, like a Cuisinart little frozen bowl thing. And it's the most decadent dessert. And it, but it's more about what happens when the body's like, I got what I needed. Right. Uh, The other thing is, is simple, like fish oil or krill oil. Um, these are associated with fertility forever, and most people don't take that stuff, they don't. and it works really well. So these are basic biological things. Dave, I'm going to have you answer. We get so many questions from listeners, and this one I thought you could really help with. Hi, Emily, my boyfriend, domestic partner. Steve and I are going on six years together. Steve and I are best friends and extremely close. We tell each other everything, love spending every possible second together, and only cheat on each other with food. We're experiencing some disruption in the relationship because lately I haven't been in the mood for sex, and I can't pinpoint the exact reason because it could be one of many. I had a hard time shutting down my brain. Sometimes I feel uncomfortable in my body. I'm sure I'm not putting myself in the mood for sex. We also recently moved to new city, but I'm focused on the feelings I'm having within myself. After listening to several of your episodes, you really helped expand mine on how to approach this conversation with Steve. But I think a lot of it has to do with me and my mentality. My last relationship ended because we became better friends and lovers. I'm afraid my situation has a lot to do with my mind and not being in the right mental space to allow someone else literally inside. Any thoughts or advice would be amazing. Thank you. What would you say to this, Dave? She's not in the mood for sex, low libido. I just feel like there's so many other things going on than just like, I don't want sex, you know? Well, it sounds like uh, for this listener that there's a lot of, of cognitive stuff going on. And here's the interesting thing. Through the work that led to Headstrong and all that, I am absolutely convinced, and part of this is also just neuroscience and running the 40 years Zen neuroscience thing. There's a voice in your head that actually isn't you. Right. It is that ancient mitochondrial system telling you to keep the Petri dish alive based on their priorities, not yours. And so a lot of times we have uh, guilt and shame and things like that that come because we think like, why am I having those thoughts? Like, like why do I have these things? And you're like, it's my fault. But here's the thing. You have something that's working to keep your body alive using simple rules that's working against your best interests. And that voice in your head, the inner critic, it's actually that. It's not you. And the fact that it's present doesn't change. But now you can drop the shame and guilt about that. And for for this listener, she's already identified that she's having these racing thoughts and all that stuff. The racing thoughts are there because there's some part of her nervous system that feels like if she goes into her body and feels the feelings, because sex is all about feelings. There's nothing about thinking. That, that if she does that, it's not safe. Right. And the the fear thing is never you deciding it's fear. Fear is a feeling that happens before you can think that something is fearful. So the feelings are happening from that. And I would suggest doing something like EMDR, eye movement dissociative, uh, was it response? Uh, It's a kind of therapy that's very fast. And what you do is you go in and you sit down with the therapist and usually one or two sessions and they move your eyes until your brain goes into this weird reset. Isn't it trauma? Like, isn't it more with trauma? It can be with trauma, but it turns out every fear is based on trauma. But you know, you can have like you know sexual abuse kind of trauma, which right. is a, a big use for that stuff. But you can also just have 
a trauma around some time in your childhood, you learn that it's not safe to go into your feelings. You have to think about it. And a lot of people spend their whole life, including me, until I was about 30, I was like all about what's going on in my head and everything below the neck. It's like, that's all just noise and you should just ignore right. all that. So, right. For uh, your listener who asked that, that great question, here is something that is shocking, just shocking at turning on libido. And it is having someone take care of you. And for the vast majority of women, I'm pretty sure that washing socks and doing dishes are absolutely not turn-ons. In fact, it's the same for men. So there are times when you're at a point in your life where self-care involves actually accepting help for things that you really don't like. And if you're at a place in your relationship in your life where you can even once a week have someone come in and help out at the things that you find most drudgery, there's actually really good evidence that is going to increase your libido. And it may be something as simple as your partner cooking you dinner. Right. But quite often, it might just be like, you know what? Between my commute, my job, and all the household tasks uh, that just by virtue of tradition that I've been tasked with because I'm a woman, because I was raised that I'm a good person if I vacuum all my own floors every day or whatever programming you have, that stuff sucks your sex life. It does. And for entrepreneurs like you and me, we can always do more, no matter what. And for a lot of listeners like that, even if you you have you know a day job, the odds are you have a side gig at this point. You're probably thinking, I should be driving an Uber right now, whatever it is. Since you could always do more, and if you allow yourself to always do more, and you don't prioritize self-care, your libido will crush. Right. It, it'll just crash. And what you want to be able to do then is figure out, all right, what are the things in my life that suck the most energy, that make me feel least cared for? And how do I get help on those things? Mm -hmm. And for, for many of us, asking for help is an admission of weakness, right? And it, this isn't about weakness. This is about asking for someone to care for you. And for women more than men, but for both of us, just biologically, knowing that you are cared for is an incredible aphrodisiac. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview with Dave Asprey. I find him fascinating. And if you want to find more about the Bulletproof lifestyle and his book, Headstrong, you can check it all out at bulletproof.com. And you can also find more about it and all the links to his social and his books on our website. Oh, also, you guys, Bulletproof Labs open in Santa Monica, California. This is open to the public. And think of labs as a place to help you achieve the highest state of physical and cognitive performance, aka labs to help you kick ass. You can check it out at bulletprooflabs.com. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to my amazing team, Ken, Jamie, our volunteers, Shannon and Jenny, producer Lark and Michael. And thanks everyone for listening. Was it good for you? Text Ask Emily to 797979. You often ask me about new ways to connect with your partner and keep things super hot. Well, I've got the solution that will add adventure to your sex life in all the right ways. The Jive from WeVibe is the perfect way to experience discreet pleasure that you can wear alone or have a partner control. It's an insertable vibe that allows you to feel pleasure wherever and whenever. And when you pair it with the WeConnect app on your phone, you can cycle through the Jive's 10 vibration patterns. Wear it on your date night or running errands. Hey, there's no rules. It's also fun to build custom vibes so you experience different sensations or hand control over to your partner and let them surprise you whether they're across the table or across the country. And because it's from WeVibe, you know this thing is packing the power. To get your jive, visit sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe. That's my site, sexwithemily.com slash WeVibe today.